Welcome to the Next Steps Bible Reading Podcast. I'm Greg Whiting, reading from the One Year Chronological Bible, and today's reading is for September 3rd. The Family of Saul, 1 Chronicles 8, 29-9-1. Jael, the father of Gibeon, lived in Gibeon. His wife's name was Mekah, and his firstborn son was Abdon, followed by Zur, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Geter, Ahio, Zechar, and Mikloth, who was the father of Shemiah. They too lived near their relatives in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish, Kish the father of Saul, Saul the father of Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. The son of Jonathan, Merabbaal, who was the father of Micah, the sons of Micah, Pithon, Melech, Teriah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jehobadah. Jehobadah was the father of Elamuth, Asmavath, and Zimri, and Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Benia. Raphael was his son, Elisha his son, and Azel his son. Azel had six sons, and these were their names. Ezerkem, Bokaru, Ishmael, Shariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. All these were the sons of Azel. The sons of his brother Eshek, Ulam the firstborn, Jeush the second son, and Eliphet the third. The sons of Ulam were brave warriors who could handle the bow. They had many sons and grandsons, 150 in all. All these were descendants of Benjamin. All Israel was listed in the genealogies recorded in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. They were taken captive to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. Nebuchadnezzar's activities between 582 and 575 BC were not recorded in the Babylonian records. This may have been due to his madness described in Daniel 4. Nebuchadnezzar would then have written this account around 575 BC describing events beginning around 583 B.C. Nebuchadnezzar's dream about a tree, Daniel 4, 1-18, around 575 B.C. King Nebuchadnezzar, to the nations and peoples of every language who live in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are His signs, how mighty His wonders! His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, contented and prosperous. I had a dream that made me afraid. As I was lying in bed, the images and visions that passed through my mind terrified me, so I commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be brought before me to interpret the dream for me. When the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners came, I told them the dream, but they could not interpret it for me. Finally, Daniel came into my presence, and I told him the dream. He is called Belteshazzar, after the name of my God, and the spirit of the holy gods is in him. I said, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery is too difficult for you. Here is my dream. Interpret it for me. These are the visions I saw while lying in bed. I looked, and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong, and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, and on it was food for all. Under it, the wild animals found shelter, and the birds lived in its branches. From it, every creature was fed. In the visions I saw while lying in bed, I looked, and there before me was a holy one, a messenger, coming down from heaven. He called in a loud voice, cut down the tree and trim off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches. But let the stump and its roots, bound with iron and bronze, remain in the ground in the grass of the field. 
Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man, and let him be given the mind of an animal, till seven times pass by for him. The decision is announced by messengers, the holy ones declare the verdict, so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth, and gives them to anyone he wishes, and sets over them the lowly list of people. This is the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now, Belteshazzar, tell me what it means, for none of the wise men of my kingdom can interpret it for me. But you can, because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Daniel explains the dream. Daniel 4, 19-27 Then Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, was greatly perplexed for a time, and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you. Belteshazzar answered, My lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. The tree you saw, which grew large and strong, with its top touching the sky, visible to the whole earth, with beautiful leaves and abundant fruit, providing food for all, giving shelter to wild animals, and having nesting places in its branches for the birds. Your majesty, you are that tree. You have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky, and your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. Your majesty saw a holy one, a messenger, coming down from heaven and saying, Cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump, bound with bronze and iron, in the grass of the field while its roots remain in the ground. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live with the wild animals until seven times pass by for him. This is the interpretation, your majesty, and this is the decree the Most High has issued against my lord the king. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms of earth and give them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right, and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. The Dream's Fulfillment, Daniel 4, 28-33 All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence, by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven, this is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. Immediately, what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and ate grass like the ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. Nebuchadnezzar praises God, Daniel 4, 34-37. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, What have you done? At that time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and become even greater than before. 
Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven, because everything he does is right, and all his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. The New Temple Area Ezekiel 40, 1-4, 573-BC In the twenty-fifth year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the tenth of the month, in the fourteenth year after the fall of the city, on that very day the hand of the Lord was on me, and he took me there. In visions of God he took me to the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain, on whose south side were some buildings that looked like a city. He took me there, and I saw a man whose appearance was like bronze. He was standing in the gateway with a linen cord and a measuring rod in his hand. The man said to me, Son of man, look carefully and listen closely and pay attention to everything I'm going to show you, for that is why you've been brought here. Tell the people of Israel everything you see. The East Gateway Ezekiel 45 5-16 I saw a wall completely surrounding the temple area. The length of the measuring rod in the man's hand was six long cubits, each of which was a cubit and a handbreadth. He measured the wall. It was one measuring rod thick and one rod high. Then he went to the east gate. He climbed its steps and measured the threshold of the gate. It was one rod deep. The alcoves for the guards were one rod long and one rod wide, and the projecting walls between the alcoves were five cubits thick. And the threshold of the gate next to the portico facing the temple was one rod deep. Then he measured the portico of the gateway. It was eight cubits deep, and its jams were two cubits thick. The portico of the gateway faced the temple. Inside the east gate, there were three alcoves on each side. The three had the same measurements, and the faces of the projecting walls on each side had the same measurements. Then he measured the width of the entrance of the gateway. It was ten cubits, and its length was thirteen cubits. In front of each alcove was a wall one cubit high, and the alcoves were six cubits square. Then he measured the gateway from the top of the rear wall of one alcove to the top of the opposite one. The distance was 25 cubits from one parapet opening to the opposite one. He measured along the faces of the projecting walls all around the inside of the gateway, 60 cubits. The measurement was up to the portico facing the courtyard. The distance from the entrance of the gateway to the far end of its portico was 50 cubits. The alcoves and the projecting walls inside the gateway were surmounted by narrow parapet openings all around, as was the portico, the openings all around facing inward. Their faces of the projecting walls were decorated with palm trees. The Outer Courtyard, Ezekiel 40, 17-19 Then he brought me into the outer court. There I saw some rooms and pavement that had been constructed all around the court. There were thirty rooms along the pavement. It abutted the sides of the gateways and was as wide as they were long. This was the lower pavement. Then he measured the distance from the inside of the lower gateway to the outside of the inner court. It was a hundred cubits on the east side as well as the north. The North Gateway, Ezekiel 40, 20-23. Then he measured the length and width of the north gate leading into the outer court. Its alcoves, three on each side, its projecting walls and its portico are the same measurements as those of the first gateway. It was 50 cubits long and 25 cubits wide. Its openings, its portico, and its palm tree decorations had the same measurements as those of the gate facing east. Seven steps led up to it with its portico opposite them. There was a gate to the inner court facing the north gate, just as there was on the east. He measured from one gate to the opposite one. It was a hundred cubits. The South Gateway, Ezekiel 40, 24-27 Then he led me to the south side, and I saw the south gate. He measured its jams and its portico, and they had the same measurements as the others. The gateway and its portico had narrow openings all around, like the openings of the others. It was 50 cubits long and 25 cubits wide. 
Seven steps led up to it with its portico opposite them. It had palm tree decorations on the faces of the projecting walls on each side. The inner court also had a gate facing south, and he measured from the gate to the outer gate on the south side. It was a hundred cubits. Gateways to the inner courtyard, Ezekiel 40, 28-37. Then he brought me into the inner court through the south gate, and he measured the south gate. It had the same measurements as the others. Its alcoves, its projecting walls, and its portico had the same measurements as the others. The gateway and its portico had openings all around. It was 50 cubits long and 25 cubits wide. The porticos of the gateways around the inner court were 25 cubits wide and 5 cubits deep. Its portico faced the outer court. Palm trees decorated as jams and eight steps led up to it. Then he brought me to the inner court on the east side and he measured the gateway. It had the same measurements as the others. Its alcoves, its projecting walls, and its portico had the same measurements as the others. The gateway and its portico had openings all around. It was 50 cubits long and 25 cubits wide. Its portico faced the outer court. Palm trees decorated the jams on either side, and eight steps led up to it. Then he brought me to the north gate and measured it. It had the same measurements as the others, as did its alcoves, its projecting walls, and its portico, and it had openings all around. It was 50 cubits long and 25 cubits wide. Its portico faced the outer court. Palm trees decorated the jams on either side, and eight steps led up to it. And that's the end of the reading for September 3rd. So, what do we take away devotionally from this reading? Well, what really sticks out to me is Nebuchadnezzar writing and, and uh, dreaming and Daniel giving him an interpretation and it all coming true. But then, this section in Daniel 4, 34-37, where Nebuchadnezzar says, Then I praised... The Most High. So before he was saying Daniel, you know, uh, about the gods, but now he actually identifies the Most High, and he says that he honors and glorifies Him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. This is Nebuchadnezzar who lifted himself up above all rulers recognizing and praising the one and only God. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? And then his sanity was restored. This recognition of who God is, this praising of God, is not just for this passage where Nebuchadnezzar um, lives like an animal and then comes to his senses. This is certainly um, holistic in terms of what the entire Bible teaches. And it's what I take away today. And that is to praise God for who he is and what he has done. And so, Father, that is my prayer today. I want to praise you that you are the sovereign God of the universe. You are the Most High. You were in the Old Testament, you were in the New Testament, and you are today. Father, there is no one to worship except you. And I praise you and I lift you up and I pray that you will help me to not turn to other gods or to worship myself in any way, but to worship you alone. 
Father, you are the creator. You hold heaven and earth in your hands. You are the one who determines what takes place in our world and what will take place. And so, Father, I rest in that. As I praise you, I also trust you. May you be pleased with my worship of you today. In Jesus' name, amen.